You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's on the You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome to the AME Radio Show. I'm your host, Jason Dowd, and we got a great show for you guys today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we talk about everything art, music, and entertainment. This is a really busy weekend, guys. That we got a lot of stuff going on in the, in the news that we're going to want to discuss with you. i got some other things I want to kind of discuss with you, and we have two great guests, so we're going to kind of just jump right into it. First, though, before we get anything, go check out our website. We get a chance. It's www.theamemagazine.com. That is the AME experience. So it has our television, radio, and magazine links on there to go to those specific platforms. Now, we also have all of our social media links on there. So go check that out. Follow us, like us, do whatever it may be. But it's all up there as well. And we have the links to our apps, to our iPhone and Android apps. So if you want to follow us that way, it's a great way to keep in touch. And we have push notifications too, so it lets you know right then and there something new is coming out that we think is important enough to inform you guys to go check out. It's really cool. All right, so let me kind of go over what's going on in the news with you before we get into anything with our guest. Glee star Mark Soling committed suicide. He was facing jail time after pleading guilty to child pornography. So he knew that there was going to be jail time coming up, and he did plead guilty to it, so he probably didn't want to go to jail. And well, Who wants to go to jail anyways? But still, this is, this is a, a shocking trend that's going on right now. There's been so much pornography, uh, rape, all kinds of different things going on coming out of Hollywood, and now we have more child pornography coming out of a Glee star. I mean, this is tragic on both sides. I mean, it's tragic that he killed himself. Tragic that he that he decided to uh, exploit child pornography. But regardless, uh, it happened, and it's a it's it's a real sad day for Hollywood all the way across the, all the way across the board. Also, as we mentioned yesterday in yesterday's show, Neil Diamond has Parkinson's disease, and he isn't going to be he's not going to be traveling anymore and touring. I don't blame him. That is a hard thing to to put your body through, and I am so blessed that I had the opportunity to watch him sing when he came to the Emily Arena, which at the time was the Ice Palace, where the Tampa Bay Lightning play. And what a concert! I had such a good time. Those are going to be memories that I will treasure for the rest of my life. So I am so thankful I had the chance to see him live, and um, hopefully we'll still see him around because he's got an amazing voice. I love his music, and um, we wish him all the best, and hopefully that his health will improve. Maybe he'll find a cure in his lifetime. I don't know. Okay, so now I want to talk about the Super Bowl, which everybody knows is coming up Sunday, and I'm really excited about it because I am a big New England Patriots fan. I have been for well over 30 years, and I've been through the bad times, and I've been through the good times, and... I relish these times, and I don't take it for granted, and I'm not one of those fans that disrespects the other teams because I have a great respect for every team that steps out on the field against my team, and I believe that in any given Sunday, they have a chance to beat them. Now, I don't buy into all that all that cheating crap because I've actually gone through a lot of the transcripts and, and the write-ups and stuff like that because I was it upset me, but it was interesting to see that what the media has portrayed the Patriots doing didn't happen. It did happen with Spygate, but Spygate wasn't what you thought it was. So I still have a lot of respect for my team, and I truly accept the greatness that they have, and I accept the greatness of other teams too and the players that they have. And I love watching a good Super Bowl, and that's exactly what we're going to get in this particular Super Bowl. We have the number one seed, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, going against the number one seed and defending Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. You can't get better than that. Number one seeds mean you were the best throughout the year, and you, you, you earned the number one spot, and now you're going to go ahead and see who is truly the number one team in football. This doesn't happen too often. A lot of the times you get a, you know, the number one seed versus like a number four or five seed or a number two seed, or sometimes you have two, uh, f- three or four, five or six teams going up against each other. So it's fun when you get a number one versus a number one. Now, there are a lot of eerie similarities between the Super Bowls, the first three of the New England Patriots, and the current three that they have going on now. I can't say that this is going to be a trend that's going to guarantee that the Patriots are going to win this particular Super Bowl, but 
it's eerie how history repeats itself. And I love history. I love watching how this stuff plays out. And it is coming to life again. So if you were not alive during the first three Super Bowls or you're too young to remember it, look at the ones that we have now and say, wow, this is pretty cool. Let me go over it real quick. Super Bowl 36 and 40, uh, 49. Super Bowl 36, the New England Patriots played the greatest show on turf, which is the best offense that has ever been seen or supposedly ever seen on the football field. They went up against Kurt Warner, and the, the challenge was for the defense of the New England Patriots to stop something that nobody else has been able to stop. Okay, so let's go to Super Bowl 49. The New England Patriots played the Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom, which was the most incredible defense ever. You couldn't run against them. You couldn't throw against them. And if you tried, you got picked off. They sacked the quarterback all the time. They had an amazing pass rush, and nobody had an answer for it. So you had to put up, Tom Brady had to come up with a way of scoring on that. He won both games. But in the first Super Bowl of each one of those particular uh, years, the New England Patriots played a offense or defense that was so good that it got itself a nickname. Pretty cool. So let's go to the following year. The following year, the New England Patriots did not make the Super Bowl. The Buccaneers and the Raiders did, and the Ra- and the Buccaneers happened to win that particular Super Bowl. And in Super Bowl Fifty, they got to the AFC Championship game, but they did not win and did not get to advance the Super Bowl. The Broncos did, and they played the Carolina Panthers, and the Broncos won that Super Bowl. So let's go to Super Bowl uh, 38 and 51 now. Super Bowl 38, the New England Patriots go to play a, the NFC South team who made it to the Super Bowl, the Carolina Panthers. They traveled to Houston, and they had to come back from behind. Not not big, but they had to come back from behind to win the game. Okay. Super Bowl 51, the New England Patriots played another NFC South team. They go to Houston to win it, and they had to come from behind again. This one is a lot greater challenge. It's 28-3, if you remember, into about midway into the third quarter uh, before Tom Brady put up the points and scored. So now let's jump to this particular Super Bowl and Super Bowl 39. Super Bowl 39, the New England Patriots traveled to the Jacksonville Jaguars' home in Jacksonville, Florida, to take on the number one seed, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Philadelphia Eagles had the exact same record that they did this year, okay? Now, for the Patriots to get to Super Bowl 52, they had to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars to advance to play the Philadelphia Eagles. The uh, In Super Bowl 38 and 39, they were back-to-back champions. So going into Super Bowl 39, the, the Patriots are the defending champions. And this year, the Patriots are defending champions playing against the Philadelphia Eagles as well, looking to be the only team to go back-to-back since they did it in Super Bowl 38 and 39. Pretty interesting, isn't it? No matter what, that's just, that's just so cool to think about, that history is actually repeating itself if you just look hard enough. And it is repeating itself. So one of the other things that you've seen probably coming out of the Super Bowl right now is that WEEI is a radio station out of New England, um, was talking about Tom versus Time, which you've seen on Facebook. And uh, the first episode had his daughter basically getting getting he was he was talking on the phone you know he he showed you a little bit more of the intimate side of him than you've seen in some that then you're going to see in some of the rest of these particular episodes and his daughter was was calling for him on the stairs talking about soccer and she was so excited she got a really high pitched voice she was very excited to show her dad something and um i guess Alex Reimer who was one of the um who was who was a uh, a personality on WEEI said Brady's daughter is a who is actually five is calling her a whiny pissant. What a horrible thing to do to somebody! He got indefinitely suspended from WEEI, and Brady went on there yes uh, this week and said when he heard about this that he didn't know if he wanted to be a contributor for them anymore. Now Brady has been a contributor for more than ten years, so this is something that he did weekly. And it was a coveted spot that most New England people love to hear. Now, what's really amazing about this is WEEI is from New England. This is their home, their home uh, team. Yet they always completely attack them on everything. And Todd Gurley got on uh, Twitter and said he's from the Rams. They probably know he's also up for the MVP uh, candidate. He said this isn't the first time that Brady's heard something this bad. Probably not, but he went after his kids. 
You don't go after your kids. You don't go after anybody's kids. You know, I've heard him going after Trump's kids. I've heard him go after um, the uh, the kids from um, uh, Tom Brady and so many other kids along the way. You don't go after somebody's kids. I don't care if you like them or not. You leave the kids alone. Just leave them alone. They haven't done anything wrong. And honestly, a five-year-old girl is going to get really excited when she has something to show her father. That's not being a pissant. That's not being whiny and spoiled. That's being a kid. So anyways, guys, this is going to be a great Super Bowl. I hope you guys are going to enjoy it as well as I am. And I look forward to seeing who we're going to be crowning champion this Sunday. But now, let me get into our guests because we're going to be we're running out of time. I've got to get to them really quick. We have Darius Norman on the phone. He is going to be talking to us about the um, ways of saving our credit and fixing our credit scores. Very important information. Then we have Abigail Sloan coming on. She is a great singer. She has uh, a gospel message that I think you guys are going to really enjoy. And she has an amazing voice. So we're going to have them coming on the line here in just a few minutes. We have Darius Norman on the phone. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we've got him, and we'll be talking to him about credit. So don't go anywhere. Do you love horror? The strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends. Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Dana Geyer, and you're listening to the AME Radio Show. Make sure you catch the ice cream truck in select theaters and on BOD August 18th. See ya! Welcome back, everybody. We have on the line with us our special guest. His name is Darius Norman. He's a return guest, and he's a friend of the show. I actually love speaking to him. And he is the author of Rewriting Financial Rules. And he's going to be talking to us about, 2000, about repairing our credit in 2018. You, you do not know how important this is, especially if you want to kick off 2018 right and get the year going because it could save you a lot of money. And it's just the simple things that you can do to help Check over what you have because you don't you don't know what's there. And he's going to tell us about all these tips and tricks, talk about his book, and so much more. So welcome to the show, Darius. How are you doing today? I'm great, Jason. Thanks for having me on again. I love being on your show. Oh, you're welcome. We love having you. And, you know, this is such important information that people need to know uh, because it can save you a lot of money. How can How can checking your credit report you know, um, I get you don't want to say like every day and be obsessive over, but regularly, how can that help save you money in the long run? Well, checking your credit report save, will save you a lot of money in the long run because then you can do the actual assessment to determine if there's any inaccuracies or discrepancies on your credit report or if there's some type of account that's been placed on your credit report that you did not give the authorization on. You can protect yourself by by looking at your credit report and making some disputes if there's any discrepancies or looking at your credit report to determine if you are keeping your loan balances down. Mm-hmm. So that would save you a lot of money and time and effort. They also determine your amount of uh, interest that you're going to pay on a credit card based upon your credit report. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. See, if the the credit scoring system ranges from the poorest credit score is 350. The greatest credit score is 850. So if you are in between 650 to 800, you can have a great interest rate. You have the opportunity to get a great interest rate on any item that you may want to purchase. Like you said, the credit card or if you want to purchase a home or a car, it puts you in a different position financially. Now, I know because I've done this myself, and I'm sure other people have out there too. Have out there too. You know, you have a credit card. 
you know the bill's coming up, but you accidentally paid it about a day late, or you think you could get you could get it in and have it post on the day that it's supposed to post, and it doesn't post until the next day, so technically you're late. Now they hit you with a late fee, and your interest can go up. What? How do you fix that if that happens? Is is there a way of fixing that? Absolutely. Most a lot of times, if you if it's not a a monthly occurrence, you can actually call into your credit card company and just you know inform the credit card company or ask to speak with a supervisor and inform them that you just made a, a mistake. And a lot of times, the credit card companies will roll back those fees and will not report that as a negative um, payment onto your next monthly reporting on your credit report. So is it like a one strike, you're out? So like, you know, your first time it's fine, a couple times it's going to probably stick, I'm sure. But, you know, you don't think about things like that because I, I did that to my Walmart credit card not too long ago. And it went right. from a 17% interest rate to a 29.95% interest rate. And that wow. is expensive. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the retail, the retail stores usually have a little bit higher interest rates to begin with, just because of the fact that they're a retail store, not a bank. But, right. you know, that hurts you. And when you, let, let's just say you have a hundred dollars worth of credit on there that you have, and now you're paying 29%, that's $29 that you're going to be paying in interest each month. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's the thing, like, even with a credit card or, working with a institution that extends out credit. It's very important to make sure, like you said, the number one step would be to make sure you're making uh, timely payments on time. And number two would be, it, the next step of action would be to make sure that you're staying within the utilization rate of that particular card. Uh, let me give you an example. Say if you have a $300 credit limit, you should only utilize maybe 90 to to $100 of that particular credit line. So if you, at the end of the month, if you cannot pay that particular balance off completely, you're still in the range of the 25, 30% utilization rate. So you can either maintain your credit scores where they are, or you can boost your credit scores because the number one, you, can I give this secret real quick? Yeah, yeah go ahead. We love secrets. <laughs> a lot of people don't understand timely payments. It it is very it that's the number one component in formulating your credit report. Number two is the like I discussed before the utilization rate in terms of how you use your credit is number two. But most important, you guess and um, consumers need to understand you can make timely payments and even be on, you make timely payments every month. But if you're over utilizing that credit card, it will not, it will actually be not a beneficial, uh, situation for you. It can actually plummet your credit scores down another 20, 30 points every month if you're over utilizing the credit card, even if you're paying on time. Wow. Now, is there a way of balancing that out by paying more than your, mi your minimum balance? Like, let's just say you, the minimum balance was $25. You do use the card a lot. So you pay $85. Does that help or does that continue to look just as negative as, as, uh, paying it, you know, over utilizing it and paying the minimum? I mean, it, it, paying over the minimum balance does work, but, um, the trick that I've learned is to, again, you know, if you're going to maintain your scores at a certain rate or if you're trying to boost your scores, if you cannot pay the balance off completely, Pay it to where it shows only a 25 to 30% utilization. Yes, it's no, it's no penalization. You would not be penalized by paying it, paying more on the minimum balance. But if a lot of times if you over, overly utilize or maxed out the card, it still will not benefit you until you get it down to a actual great utilization rate. See, those are things I just didn't know, and that's that is very important because you know a lot of us it's just so easy. It's like I can take out my credit card and pay it, but if you got a debit card and you got the money in that, you know, use that right. instead. Absolutely. Right, right, right. And then another thing, Jason. I mean, in America, you know, as consumers, all of us are over inundated with utilizing credit. Um, I read an interesting article by CNN and USA Today. Well, they reported 70% of Americans 
do not have at least $500 in savings if an emergency came about. And that's a tremendous problem. Mm-hmm. And so with that, a lot of um, people don't have that particular money in savings. They are forced to overextend themselves and max out the credit card. Yeah. And, you know, that happens. And, and you know, we, we sometimes overlook at things like, you know, you have a you have a health issue that comes up and, you know, you can't work, so you got to live off something. And, you know, it, it's good that those things are there, but they can be very cumbersome to get rid of. Now, what about, let's just say, let's just say somebody wants, has a lot of credit, you know, problems, they have a lot of unsecured credit cards and they want to try to fix that. And they try to do so by, you know, either debt consolidation or some of those, uh, those programs that you see on TV, you know, uh, credit, credit, um, they help you, uh, get, get yourself paid off in time, uh, without necessarily going bankruptcy. Are those good things to do? I'm not against those programs. I think sometimes if if you are overextended in credit and if that's the best option for you next prior to you maybe considering the option of going bankrupt, I do not um tell people I'm I don't I'm not against that particular option. However, it's still a mindset because even if you join a consolidation program, if you don't change your ways and your value system and your habits even with the consolidation, you pay off those loans. You don't change your spending habits. You can end back up in the situation as you were before or worse. Mm-hmm. So I still think it's a behavior um, situation that's driven by behavior and changing your habits. How do you change your habits? Because that's tough. That's like telling somebody to go cold turkey uh, from smoking or doing something like that. It's not easy, and it's just as addictive because you know you got the money there. So it makes it easier. It's like, well, yeah, I don't, I know I don't want to, I don't have the money to buy this iPad, but I do have this and I can pay it a little bit over time and still make that, you know, still get what I want, you know, cause that's what we, we crave for. We crave for what we want. So how do you stop? How do you fix your brain to say, look, I, I want this, but I don't need this right now? Well, I'll be honest with you. Like, and you're right. You, you cannot make unrealistic goals and then set them. Because a lot of times if you're setting unrealistic goals, if you're not careful, you'll lose the motivation or the steam to um, achieve those. So the first step I would say to begin to change your habits and your mindset would be to, first of all, set realistic goals. Make baby steps. And then once you set realistic goals and then make baby steps in achieving those goals, then you just take it a step at a time. And, and once you see the progression of you making those baby steps and achieving those goals, then you could make progression. Habits do not change overnight. I, I, Jason, I'll be, I'll be the first one to tell you when I was working on my financial situation, I had a few set, but I was setting unrealistic goals and every week sometimes I was, was not reaching them because they were just too big for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, sometimes people use things like, uh, you know, clothing and cars and everything else as swag, I guess you could say it, you know, because it makes them look important. It makes them feel like, they, like they're big, bigger than they are, only to impress people that really don't matter. Absolutely, absolutely. And you and myself have talked about that um, previously. Previously, You know, that's the thing with us, in particular the millennials, and it doesn't help with social media and with our phones. We're so driven by what what the social outcome or what the social acceptability would give us by buying a new pair of sneakers or, like you said, that car, the house, or we swagging it out. We like to feel like we're important without having the real substance or actually just making the sacrifice to really have it without, you know, portraying that we do have it. Mm-hmm. And you know, since we last talked, something really major happened in the uh, credit reporting agency, and that was one of them was hacked. And now there's a lot of people that are that are finding themselves getting getting their credit ruined, and they might not even be doing it themselves. You know, it might be coming from the black the black market and stuff. So how do you how do you know if you were on this particular thing, and how do you fix it if you are? Okay, so you're you're talking you're speaking about the Equifax breach. Yes, that occurred last year. Yeah, so the thing is, it was a massive breach of 145 million American consumers. Pertinent information was um, hacked, 
And that information ranged from your current or previous addresses, your driver's license, your social security numbers, as well as your driver's license. And so with those, that information being out in a widespread of people and hackers having the ability to get your information to put you at a, put you in a compromised situation where your information can be utilized to establish new lines of credit. So the first step that I have been coaching people and consoling folks, uh, individually, individuals to protect themselves against this particular breach is to enroll into a free credit monitoring system program. You can enroll into Credit Karma as well as CreditWise is another system where you can enroll to monitor your credit. Um, the way you can protect yourself also, number two, would be to um, call into the all three of the credit bureaus, which is Equifax, Experion, and TransUnion, call into all three of the bureaus and request for a credit freeze. Equifax actually had a, a website available where you can go online, Jason, to determine if you were affected by the breach. Mm-hmm. And then they would send an email back to alert you if you were part of the 145 million consumers that were in, impacted by this breach. And with that, they'll give you a free, a year free of uh, protection of protecting and freezing your credit. The credit freeze protects your uh, identity and protects any lines of credit from being established in your name without you giving the permission. So each credit bureau will give you a PIN number. If you're trying to go out to purchase something, you will have to maintain and keep up with the PIN number to um, give the financial institution so the bureaus can give the institutions your credit report to determine if they're going to get out lines of credit out to you. So, you know, we just went over a lot of information for people and it's probably blowing their minds. And, you know, that's, that's what, that's what the financial uh, realm can do to you. So you have an option to get all this in one spot and that's your book. So tell us a little bit about your book. Okay. So my book is entitled Rewriting Financial Rules. I published it last year back in 2017 and it's a educational tool to educate consumers as well as individuals on the importance of maintaining their credit scores, building their credit scores, as well as protecting themselves against financial institutions like debt collectors from engaging in fraudulent activities against them. And also, I'm I'm a certified credit repair specialist. I am available to assist anybody with reviewing their credit and showing them ways to remove negative credit items from their credit reports. Now, how did you get into this? Because, I mean, obviously, you, you you could learn this through school, but sometimes walking the walk and talking the talk is five times more profound than somebody just learning it from a book. Did you have personal experiences yourself that put you in this type of situation so you can relate to people? I did, Jason. Well, like I said, five years ago, I had a tremendous fit setback financially and I had to make an adjustment because I saw myself going down a path financially that was not going to be productive. I, I uh, became very frustrated because I was unable to get approved for a home. I was unable to buy a car at a comfortable interest rate and I was unable to get lines of credit that I needed. And so I had to just make a, a 360 and downgrade in my lifestyle. And with me making that downgrade with my lifestyle i started researching and learning some things and i put those um strategies to practice in my own in engaging and addressing my own financial setback and i saw a tremendous uh difference and i was able to purchase a home with no money down i was able to buy a car with 150 dollars car new and i since then i've I, that's why I created Rewriting Financial Rules was because I wanted to empower others with the information that I learned, the strategies I utilized for myself and put myself in a different position financially. And your book helps people with that, which is amazing. And it's not that expensive either. So that's really a good uh, tool for people that they don't have to go out and buy like a $30 book to fix this. I mean, it's very inexpensive for anybody that, that 
for any budget, really. It doesn't matter how broke you are or whatever. You can you can afford your book, which is good. Absolutely, absolutely. And knowledge is power, you know. Uh, you will pay for what you want to address and change. And I, I wouldn't mind even giving away a few copies to your audience, Jason, if you allow me to. Oh, yeah, that would be great. We, we could definitely set up something like that and, and get get the books out to people. I, I think they would really enjoy that. Totally, totally, totally. And, um, you know, again, like, I would just encourage your audience to, once a year, you can go to the annual credit reporting, annualcreditreport.com and pull your credit report. There's a law in the book called the Fair Credit Reporting Act that allows you to <clears throat> have a free credit report. So you can assess what's being reported on your credit report. And then the second step would be to dispute any erroneous item that you identify on your credit report. And then the next step is once you get items removed, then begin the process of rebuilding your credit. Now, I do know for a fact this is not something that is going to be fixed overnight just by doing this. It's going to take a lot of work, dedication. And, uh, being a bulldog and being, you know, uh, proactive about it, but it will, it will fix itself because I, as you've done it, um, I've had to do it. I'm still working on it myself. So I know, I know the situation and, uh, I just, I just hope that people realize how important this is and decides to do it for themselves and fix their lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think for me, Jason, that that's more beneficial than just actually selling a book. Um, just making sure that people can really utilize the strategies and, and they can see the changes um, they want financially by utilizing the strategy. Absolutely. Well, Darius, we're just about out of time. So, again, tell everybody how they can find your book, how they can talk to you if they have questions or uh, comments or anything else that they may have that would uh, that you might be able to help out with. Okay. So my book is available on my website. My website is www.rewritingfinancialrulesllc.com, and it's available currently in ebook as well as paperback copies. The links are posted on my website if you would like to purchase or from my website, as well as if audience, anybody from your audience would like to consult or coach with me, my contact number is on my website, and they can contact me as well as they can go to the contact section and input their information and the email will come directly to me and I can outreach them and call them and we can start the process. Well, Darius, thank you for coming back on the show. I have a lot of fun talking with you. We always learn so much. And what you're doing is so important to help people out. And I just hope that they take that um, take that olive branch that you're giving them to help them get out of this and uh, fix their lives together. Definitely, sir. I appreciate you again for having me on. Um, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have more, so don't go anywhere. Jason Dowd of Imagination Art Studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection, which is currently on tour across the country. There you will see beautiful handmade masks from Venice, Italy that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection. Each photo series has a theme, mask, authentic props, and beautifully elaborate outfits, all collaborated in the mind of Jason Dowd to create the right emotion and feeling. The masks come from a shop at Epcot at the Italian Pavilion, where all these photos are on display for you to see. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career having his work at Disney. Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Hey, everybody, this is Jay Underwood from uh, the original Fantastic Four, Roger Corman's uh, early 90s production, and now the uh, documentary Doomed, and you are listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome back, everybody. We have on the line with us our special guest. Her name is Abigail Sloan, and she is a singer-songwriter, and she just is releasing her debut album called Reason and Rhyme. 
Uh, she uses her music to share her faith, which I believe is very important in this day and age, and I am extremely happy to talk to her. So welcome to Abigail of the show. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? Doing very well. Good. So you're still kind of young, and you're getting into music. When did you start when did you start in, in music? When what got you interested in it? Was it picking up an instrument? Was it just singing? Um, what was what was it that made it special for you? Well, I've actually been singing since I was about two years old, so it's always been part of my life. But by the time that I could actually cognitively learn an instrument, I was learning piano and um, kind of just combining the two. So it it all came really really naturally. Wow. What was the other than um the piano, what were some of the other instruments that you picked up? Well, so far it's just the piano. I'm trying to teach myself a little bit of guitar, but um, I can't I can't play much past worship songs and Ed Sheeran songs, but <laughs> I'm getting close. <laughs> so how did you how did you start to sing it too? I mean, um, how how did how did that work out? Were you actually singing full songs? I mean, was it like you would regularly sing today? Because I know most two year olds can barely talk, so that's amazing. Right. It was, it's super funny. I wouldn't believe, I wouldn't believe myself if I were you, but um, my mom actually has video proof and it's kind of shocking. There's this little two-year-old blonde, little two-year-old sitting in the back of a van singing, Oh, the blood of Jesus over and over and over again. Um, but I don't know. It was just, I think it was the worship music. It was the donut man. It was salty tapes. It was all sorts of different things that kind of got in my head, and I think at two, I was more so, you know, just kind of relaying what I was hearing, but but I definitely think that it was something inside of me that was, you know, geared towards that worship mentality. So really, the church has always had a pretty big impact on your on your music, even when you were that young. Yes, absolutely. Were you ever in the uh, church choirs or anything like that, or did you go into um, some of those uh, church... Uh, they're like it's not it's not like a choir, but sometimes where they go out and, and actually perform with other people and go to like nursing homes and sing with uh, sing for the people in, in nursing homes, retirement homes, or something like that. Were you ever in something like that? Um, I did perform with choirs throughout uh, the years. I was I served on some worship teams um, at my church. It's just things like that. Just wherever I could get music and 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 be able to use my gift, I was I was using it as much as possible. You know, I love that you're able to use your faith uh, in music. You're able to use music to share your faith with the world and stuff. You know, in a, in this day and age, it's hard to it's hard to stay true to that because you know if you're if you're anything that somebody does not agree with, they attack you uh, viciously. And I've noticed that from my own my own um, uh, faith and when I've tried to talk to people about stuff. How do you manage to stay um, true to that despite all the peer pressure you probably have from the outside world? I think to some degree what I what I wanna do with my music and I, I strive to this is my this is my goal is I really want my music to be kind of a meeting point between the two. Where I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily preaching something to someone that they don't want to hear, but at the same time I'm giving them Jesus in an you know, in an outlet that they can understand. And I think staying true to that, I just have to realize that no matter what no matter no matter what circumstances, no matter what people say, this is who I am, this is what the Lord has called me to be. And through the times that things get weird and tough and hard, I just have to keep focused on that because I know that no matter what, the Lord is going to see me through to the other side. That's true. And, yeah. you know, I hope that you haven't had a lot of adversity, but have you have you encountered some of it? Oh, definitely. I think I think to some degree... There's adversity from all sorts of different sides and at all different levels, but um, but yeah, it's just a matter of, of where, when, and and how, really. So how do you how do you make sure that, or how how do you use God's strength to keep you focused through times like this, but also stay positive so that way you can continue to go out and and do what you love to do and preach His word through your music. Oh, sure. I, I definitely, when you say God's strength, I've definitely had those moments where I've felt completely weak and completely broken and like I have, I can't even get off, off the floor, out of bed. And the Lord says, I am enough for you. I'm enough for you. And you have to realize that and you have to walk in my strength. 
And I think that after those, you know, those small breakdowns, those, those heartaches, those broken moments, I think that the Lord produces something beautiful out of those that kind of allow me to share with others who might be going through the same thing or who might be facing the same pain. And so through the brokenness comes this beautiful moment that I get to minister to other people and I get to share God's truth and God's strength with. You know, I know the music industry pretty well. I've been pretty well versed in it. I know a lot of people in it. And I know it can be probably one of the most temptationistful, let me say that again, one of the biggest industries with temptation around you. And, you know, you're going to find yourself in some, you know, great things that sounds like it's going to be great, but you really know it's, it's not. Have you run into anything like that? And how did you, how did you in, use your, use your faith and your strength to say no, despite the fact that it would probably, um, you know, it sounded good. You know, we're human, you know, things like that sound good, but, that, but we know it doesn't necessarily is good for you. Have you run into anything like that? And how did you stay true to yourself? Well, I think on a massive scale, I haven't quite yet, but there have been small moments where I've thought, you know, like, this sounds good. This sounds like, this sounds good for me. This sounds like a good decision for me. And oftentimes what I'll do is, is I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say a small prayer and I'll say, Lord, if this is not of you, this is not a direction you want me going, you have to make it physically impossible for it to happen. And so far, that's been, he's been pretty true to that, that prayer. Where if it's just not, if it's not something, if it's not an avenue that I'm supposed to walk down, the Lord immediately shuts that door for me. And because I'm so oblivious a lot of the times, He's got to make it really, really obvious. <laughs> and quite, quite often He makes it pretty obvious. Yeah. Well, that's good because I, I know that, you know, I have, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty strong to my faith too. And I went touring with a band one time and we went to Miami. And I'll tell you what, all, all Ten Commandments were broken that night. I had never oh, seen no. so much debauchery in my life. And unfortunately, oh. I was the only one that wasn't drunk, so I remember every bit of it. And, yeah. uh, oh, no. <laughs> I'm still scarred from it, but you know what? Oh, man. I didn't give into it. So, I mean, I had to do right. the job that I was doing, but I didn't give into the temptations that were coming around me, and I was like, oh, my God, please just get me through this night because yeah. I, I'm still, like I said, I'm still scarred from it. I could still see it. <laughs> and I still get those, well, yeah. those oh, my God, flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, it's just like this. You see people that that make those decisions to, to destroy their lives, honestly. And and I, me personally, I um, I was in the fire department for a while and, and kind of got to see the, the darker side of the decisions that people make. And I made a decision, you know, a long time ago that I don't, I never want to let something like this control me. Or I never want to let something like this have a hold over me. Especially as a Christian, number one, but especially as just wanting to live the best life that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to your music here when you first started out. You were in the, you were in the gospel music, you know, the church really played a, a big, you know, had a lot of influence in your music. What were some of the hymns and stuff like that that you remember that touched your heart? Because I have mine myself. You know, they just, I just love them. And they, they did yeah. play a big part in my life. What were some of those for you? Uh, Come Thou Found, definitely, is one of my most favorite hymns in the entire world. Um, Anything by Fernando Ortega. He did a hymns album once. And I can't remember all the ones that were on there, but anything that he sang, I was just, immediately in love with um, but definitely come thou found I think that's the one that kind of marks my entire life just every single word in that I'm like okay I'm gonna cry now <laughs> <laughs> do you, but yeah do you like the newer stuff like uh, I mean there's a the traditional hymns and the traditional um, you know gospel music but then you always have that stuff that's a little bit more modern like Michael W. Smith and stuff like that do you try sure, do yeah. you like that kind of stuff is that is that the type of music that you that you're into I I do enjoy a lot of that I really love Stephen Curtis Chapman's music he's been a part of my life forever um, yeah I like a lot of the newer stuff but I'm definitely you know old school at heart I think my music tastes range definitely from all sorts of things, to the weirdest, to the newest, to the oldest. Yeah, very eclectic. I like eclectic, though. 
You know, it keeps yeah. it keeps everything interesting. I mean, if you looked at my MP3 player, it would be like I got stuff from like the the big band era and classic all the way to crazy stuff of today. So, I mean, yep, it just exactly. I love it though. If it's good, I like it. Yeah. So, with your with your uh, your sound here, how would you describe your particular style of music uh, to the world if they've never heard you before? What would be those? Uh, what would be that description? Well, honestly, I don't know if I've quite pinned the sound yet. If we were speaking genre, I would hope that somebody would kind of throw me in the in the in the pop genre, but popper, I don't know. I'm not really sure when it comes to to sound. I I'm more I don't know. I more have a more of a message sound than anything. I I just kind of want to be accessible to to everyone. I want I want everyone to find something in my music, you know. Whether or not that's, you know, a certain sound or a certain lyric or, you know, I try not to, I try not to label it too much just so that people, people can find something in it that, that they would like to find. You know, that's so important today because you're right. Labels can really kind of push people away. Like, let's just say you don't like country music, but you're kind of classified in country music. People won't even give it a chance because of the word country. So I get, right. I get how you see that. I, I like that. And I'm worried that, that you know, if, if I were to, say, classify my music as, as one genre and people are like, well, I don't like that genre. I was like, but but you should just listen to it anyways because you might like it. <laughs> there you go. Just yeah. like trying Brussels sprouts for the first time, you might like them. Exactly. <laughs> so this is a pretty cool uh, feat for you to be able to release your uh, debut album here, which is called Reason and Rhyme. Um, how did you come up with the name for the, the album? Well, reason and why, uh, reason and rhyme, sorry, is actually the uh, the title track. So it's it's a song that I wrote in 2009, and it's kind of about hitting rock bottom and not really sh- knowing where to go or how to start up again, or or even if there was an answer to any of the madness. So the the actual title of the project is taken from the song on the project itself. Now you're still young though. How did, did you didn't hit rock bottom, did you, or did you watch other people around you, or did you kind of see this going around with people in your in your neighborhoods and stuff like that? I definitely did my tête-à-tête with um, depression for a while, and mm. and so rock bottom was close. I can't I can't ever say that I was completely at rock bottom, but I definitely definitely hit some some low points throughout the years. But enough to make you want to change it and identify it, which is good. So it didn't get exactly. to that way. You know, I, I can't, I can't stress enough how that happens to so many people. You know that they, you think that that. I mean, you look at what they're doing. You know that they're a hot mess, and you keep saying, "Man, that's got to be the rock bottom," and they go lower. <laughs> so, yeah. and it's like they're oblivious to it, but yet they want to change it. They don't understand why this keeps happening. It's because of behaviors and some of the things that they decide to do, and then they try to blame it on other people because. They don't believe it was their choice. So, you know, I see that all the time. And I've seen a lot of my friends go through it. I've seen a lot of other people go through it. And um, yeah. it, it's hard. It's, it's hard to, you want to help them. So hopefully this song will, will you hope that people going through this that, that hear, will hear the song will say, wow, okay, there is hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. If that's the one thing that somebody finds off of this, you know, album in general. If, if all they find is hope and, and, and encouragement, and if that's what they get out of this, then I know that the Lord has done what He wanted to do through His music. Now, I know this is probably going to be something that somebody's going to throw at, at you sometime in your lifetime, or maybe not, um, but they might say, well, you know, because you're preaching, you know, about God, you're trying to push your God on me. I don't believe that's the case here, though. Um, so no. what would your what would your response to that be? Well, quite often I have a lot of people that say that in general in my in my own life and I remember one time um a young man that I was I was talking to said I think you're ridiculous for believing in Jesus. And I said, That's okay. You can think that, but you're missing out. <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel when when the Lord allows me to be able to share with people and share what he's done in my life and who he is in my life, and they look at it and go, well, whatever, that's good for you, 
I say, it's also good for you, but if you want to turn your back on it and you want to ignore it, like that's something you now have to sort out. You know, I've done, I've done my part and I've shared with you what I've shared with you and what the Lord's done in my life. But if that, you know, if you're so closed off to that, then there's nothing I can do past that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so quite honestly, that's, that's mostly my answer. Like, I'm sorry that, that Jesus doesn't seem interesting to you, but he changed my entire life. And I'm not going to be quiet about that. Or sorry about it either. Right. The reason I said that is because I have listened to your music and I got I got a chance to listen to uh, your stuff online. And I wanted to, it, it's like God's there if you want to accept it. And if he comes into you and changes your life through that, awesome. But I still believe that the most, the biggest focus on this particular CD is a message. Am I yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Cool. I, at least I wasn't completely off. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I, I know that everybody puts something special inside of their songs, and obviously the, the you know, reason and rhyme is something that is special to you, but what are some of the other songs that are very personal to you on this particular CD, and why are they personal to you? I think the most personal song on the, the CD itself is You Know Me. It's one of those... I feel like intimate is a good word to use here because I feel like the entire song talks about how the Lord knows every single little bit of who I am, what I've done, what I will do, and he still loves me and he still wants me and he still is, you know, preparing the future for me. I think that's probably the most personal that I've gotten on on this project itself is just you know me and you see me and you still stand in my defense. You, you, you're still there and you know every time that I'm going to walk away and you know every tear that comes and every fight that I fight and, and you're still here, you know. So, um, we're almost out of time and I want to be able to give you the opportunity to go ahead and share with people how they can find the CD, how they can buy it, how they can buy singles, how they can follow you or any which way that they can keep up with you and see what's going on. Absolutely. I am on Facebook and Instagram, Abigail Sloan Music. I'm also on Twitter, but please forgive me because I am a little bit technologically inept and don't know how to use it. <laughs> um, I also have a website, abigailsloanmusic.com. You can find Reason and Rhyme on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Amazon Music. It's it's just about everywhere you can get music right now. So. Well, Abigail, thank you so much for coming on. You've been a blast. I'm really glad that you're staying true to your to your message and doing what God has sent you here to do and making a, and touching other people's lives along the way, which is always amazing for any artist to be able to do. And uh, I wish you all the best with the with your new CD that's coming out. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And guys, we are going to be playing Reason and Rhyme right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy it while we while we uh, go through the song. And then after that, we're going to go to a quick commercial break, and we'll be back after this.
back, everybody. We're about ready to close out the show, and we have had a great show, and I hope that you enjoyed our guests. I know they enjoyed talking to you, and I enjoyed learning about what they have going on in their lives and the information that they, that they provided to you guys, and hopefully you'll be able to use it as well. So before I go, I want to talk to you guys about some things that I have going on in my studio. I, I'm really excited about, and hopefully you guys are going to be just as excited about it after I'm done telling you. So first... I have a Little Red Riding Hood series, which is a photographic series. You can find it on my website. It's imaginationartstudios.com. You can also, you'll be able to find it in the mask collection there, and you can also find it on the timeline of my Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash Art. Now, this has got a twist to the classic tale where, you know, Little Red Riding Hood goes and, and runs into the, the wolf at her grandmother's. Well, she doesn't make it to their grandmother's. The wolf decides to try to take her out down the path. And it's not the type of wolf that you're used to. So you know something's not right about this person because it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. It gives you the sense of security, but really there's just something wrong. And this is, this is really what we deal with in everyday life. You never know who's out to hurt you. So this is a cool spin on it. It's got a steampunk gothic feel, and the pictures were going, are going to be uh, presented to Epcot in just a little bit as well because it's part of their masks, the masks that we use from their store. Then my production department has a brand new television show coming out. It's going to be on my Roku channel called A Day in the Life Of, and this is where we follow people with different types of jobs, uh, celebrities, and show you how they live and how they work. It's a fun, unscripted series that is going to bring you up close and personal to people and jobs like you've never seen before. I mean, have you ever wondered what it's like to maybe be a doctor? Well, we may be able to do that. We may be able to follow a doctor around and show you what what it's like to be a doctor. But what we do have is we have Jennifer McGill. She's going to be coming down here to Hollywood Studios, which is formerly Disney MGM, and she's going to be taking us around the studio before it became a theme park and show us the the hot spots from the Mickey Mouse Club. She's going to be talking to us about Christina Aguilera and... um, Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears. She's going to be talking to us about her CD, and we're just going to have a lot of fun with her in a place that she got her start in her career as an entertainer. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We have a couple other things coming up too, including uh, my experience with Hell's Kitchen. I think you guys are going to really love that. I found the footage, so now I can put it together as a uh, as a little show. I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun with that. And that will be coming out really soon, so go to IAS Television. That's IASTelevision.com to find out when it's going to air. Okay, guys, so join us again next week, same time, same channel. If you don't know what that is, it's amfm247.com, and there are 11 AMFM stations every Friday at 7 a.m. and every Saturday at 5 p.m. Two different shows, four different guests, so please join in each day to see what we have going on. We are also on wklap.com. It's an internet radio station every Friday at 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Radio Love, that's Radio LUV, every Saturday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, Mountain Time, and 9 o'clock Eastern Time, so it depends on where, where you are out there. And we're also on iHeart and iTunes On Demand. All right, guys, that's all I have for you this week. Keep those creative juices flowing. We'll see you again next week. Good night, everybody. That's the end? We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.